I turn your attention to the first chapter of 2 Timothy. This, of course, is the epistle from the Apostle Paul to the young man Timothy. Someone noted so very ably this week that many of Paul's epistles were written from uh, prison when he was under house arrest as well. And uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 uh, gives us some amazing insights. I'm thankful for the letters of the Apostle Paul. You know, when you're under house isolation or self-quarantine or what have you this over these next several days and perhaps weeks, take some time to be productive for the things of God. Write and text and tweet and post and just glorify God in the many ways that you can. We're thankful that the Apostle Paul did that. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And for a few moments this morning, I would like to speak to you on the subject, a sound mind, a sound mind. Let's go to the Lord once again as we pray over his word. God, we thank you for your word this morning. And I pray that you will give your word free course in our hearts and in our minds. Let it reach us, Lord, right where we need it to reach. I pray, God, that it will strengthen us today. Give us power and confidence and boldness in the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of the great scriptures, I've seen it as a matter of fact, posted throughout social media over these last several days that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Many scriptures have come to the forefront in these last several days as people have turned their hearts to the word of God and understand the times we're living in are perilous times. This verse of scripture is of unique importance because God gives us understanding of how the spirit of fear loses its grip in our lives. John taught us that perfect love casts out fear. Paul teaches Timothy just exactly how perfect love casts out fear. He said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power and love and a sound mind. So we understand three things. One, we understand that victory over the spirit of fear comes by understanding the power of God. And I want you to know today that God has all power. It's important that we remember that as we deal with this crisis, that God has all power. And maybe, maybe this isn't the crisis that is pressing upon you right now. Maybe you have other things going on in your life that worry you more than a, a pandemic I know that last night we had a tragedy in our own city of a police officer involved in a, a police chase who was killed in a car crash. And our family, our prayers are with her family. Pastor Tom Ellis ministered to them as the chaplain of the Springdale Police Department. And it was a tragic, tragic situation. And I assure you, people in situations like that, the least of their worries is a, is a virus that they can't see. And they're 
they've had great tragedy in their life. Whatever, whatever it is you're facing right now, whatever crisis, whatever, whatever problem you have going on in your life, I want you to understand God has all power. He has all power. And he can come to you in the middle of your crisis, in the middle of your circumstance, and give you peace in the midst of your storm. He can give you joy in the midst of your sorrow. He can give you a, a power to lift you above the fray of what you're experiencing. God has all power. And I, I want to remind you, God can stop this virus right now. And we need to pray to him that he will do just that. It needs to be on the lips of, of the saint of God that he will absolutely move upon our nation. Of course, we understand that above all, the perfect will of God is done. And we know that God has all love. And this love gives us victory over fear. Not only does God have all power, but God loves us. He has love for us. We go back to the old Sunday school song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So we have a God who has all power, who subdues all things under his feet, who subjects all principalities and powers unto him, and we have a God who has an immeasurable, everlasting love for us. And immediately that gives us peace. But sometimes we overlook what the Apostle Paul told Timothy in terms of the soundness of our mind. Not only does God have all power, and not only does God have all love, but God gives us the soundness of mind we need in order to come through the kind of a situation we're coming through today. And so I want to talk to you today about a sound mind. The Lord has dealt with me because I have felt in the atmosphere a, a very real spirit of fear, a spirit of fear that has gripped the world, that has gripped our nation. And it is a anxiety, it's a worry, it's a fear that, that has crippled many people, and, uh, and then some people are, are just not concerned at all about it. The spirit of fear is a tormenting spirit. It's something that, that gets a hold of people and starts to speak into their minds. It doesn't help when they log on to media and they see that the reports of the media are not at all conducive to putting your mind at ease. As a matter of fact, they highlight every circumstance and every situation that perhaps visits you in your most vulnerable fears. I want to say this about fear because I think sometimes people feel guilty if they have fear. I think people sometimes feel like maybe they're not a person of faith if they deal with fear. Perhaps they think they are weak in the faith if they admit to having fear and so they they want nothing to do with ever confessing that fear may be a part of them. I want you to know that every person that deals with fear, it doesn't mean they're weak in their faith. It means they're human. Every one of us deals with fear. Every one of us deals with anxiety. Every one of us deals with worry. It is not our self-discipline that gives us victory over fear. It's not because we're some kind of superman that gives us victory over fear. It's that we take that fear to God, we put that fear into his hands, and we say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to be afraid, and I'm going to trust you to take this fear from me. I'm giving you my fear. I'm giving you this that has, that has 
caused such anxiety and such worry and such distress in my own heart and in my own mind. Not because I have this unbelievable, insurmountable will, indomitable will. No, no. No, it has to do with the power of God and it has to do with the love of God. And when you surround yourself with the testimony of his power and the testimony of his love, you have soundness of mind. You have soundness of mind. And so we put our trust in the Lord with all our hearts and we lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways we acknowledge him knowing that he shall direct our paths. It is the soundness of our mind that gives us the ability to overcome this fear. And it's not because our mind is so tuned in to what is, what is right and what is real. It's that our mind is comforted by the love of God, surrounded by the power of God, and then we can approach any set of circumstances with the soundness of our thoughts to know that God is in control, that he will give us peace. You can't have that without the presence of God. All throughout the scriptures, it is routine that people who are, who are delivered from fear are delivered from fear and, and then they are able to go and do what the Lord has called them to do. And, and, and that doesn't mean that they didn't have a nervous stomach. That doesn't mean that they didn't have uh, some kind of frayed nerves of some sort. It doesn't mean that they never thought, I hope this goes well. It simply means they were not controlled by those feelings. And that they went forward in God, knowing that he was with them, knowing that he loves them, and knowing that he has all power. And so we thank God that he gives us his power. I want to talk to you about the soundness of mind and maybe some perspective on how to look at some of the things that make us afraid right now in 2020. We never believed, even two weeks ago, that we would have seen something like we are seeing now. This is, this is unprecedented for our generation. As a matter of fact, it's not something that our nation has seen for over 100 years. And even then, with the absence of social media, and the absence of 24-7, round-the-clock, international media, it wasn't on this scale of information. And so there's an advantage in the sense that we know what's coming and we're able to take precautions. The disadvantage is it's hard to escape it in your own thoughts. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how the child of God and how the saint of God it can look at a thing that we're facing. Number one, Somebody may ask, is this a global pandemic or is this the government trying to take over? Is this the government trying to overreach into our lives? As Christians, we know that man-made government always competes with God's government. We know that the Lord is the King of Kings and that the Lord, He is the Lord of Lords. And there are many government philosophies and ideologies who simply restrict and prohibit and forbid and persecute Christians who worship God, who serve God. And they do this because they know if a child of God ever really worships God, their allegiance will be to God and, and they will not depend as much upon man's government. And so the question, is America trying to overreach into our world? Are they trying to somehow reach into our, into our personal private lives? All of these shutdowns, all of these guidelines, shelter in place, get us into our homes. I know that there's fear out there. People say, I don't see anybody sick. 
I don't see anybody uh, who is affected by this, and yet the whole economy is rattled, and, and it could go into recession. It could go into depression. We don't know yet what exactly we're facing on an economic level, but we do know that major moves are being made right now that we have never seen made before. I want to encourage you to simply understand, number one, God is in control. The Lord is on the throne. And two, this is not unprecedented for the government to act in this way. As Christians, we believe in conserving the power of government. We believe in limiting government. We believe in, in saying to government, look, I'm free. I'm an individual. I abide by laws, and there have to be laws in place, but they should not be intrusive, they should not be overreaching, and they should not uh, inhibit people to be living in a free country. That's not what we're seeing right now. There are major moves on the part of governors and local authorities and even on a federal level that we have never really seen in our lifetime. But it's not uncommon in a crisis. It's not uncommon for the government to swell for a bit in order to deal with a crisis. It happened in World War II. It happened in the Civil War. It happened in the Great Depression. It happened even after 9-11 that the government swelled in order to contain a crisis. That's what we're seeing right now. As you look at the, at the practices that are in place, I want to say that I'm grateful. We have seen a tremendous regard for religious liberties in our nation. These things have been recommendations and suggestions, and they are needed. If you understand the nature of a pandemic, these things are needed. So I want to encourage you, Tree of Life Church, I want to encourage you, continue to practice social distancing, continue to wash your hands frequently, continue to avoid large gatherings, continue to stay six or seven, we'll say seven feet, we like seven better, seven feet from the person next to you, practice these guidelines, don't touch doorknobs and door handles, and sanitize as much as you can. This is important. This is unlike we've seen anything we've seen before. This is a contagion that is very contagious, and it is a contagion that affects people uh, three times more than the seasonal flu. In addition to that, it affects people differently. We have not dealt with it yet, so immunities are not built up to it. Some people basically get a cough, a cold, a fever. Other people, it is absolutely life-threatening and can be deadly. And I want to talk about that as well. well. How do we treat this that is deadly? Because we are people who believe in healing. We believe in the healing power of God, and God is a healer, and he is able to heal, and he is able to save, and he is able to deliver. And then you find out that some of the people that are dying, there's even precious, a precious saint of God that I learned about this week who passed away from exposure to the coronavirus and double pneumonia that set in as a result of that. What do we do in a situation where we learn that even a saint of God was, was, it was succumbing to this kind of a virus? I got to tell you, that'll rattle you. That'll shake you because we understand we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ we understand that the Lord is with us, and we understand that the Lord protects us and covers us. But I want to address this because I know people are seeing the reports that I'm seeing. 
And I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to live in fear. So I want to address it. What do we say when a saint of God succumbs to this particular virus? And the, the individual I'm speaking of, it was not hearsay. It was in the state of Oklahoma. I was able to speak to his pastor, got firsthand information of it. And it was a, it was a very sad situation. And our prayers are with his family. But I want you to understand, even when it comes to the saints of God, we have to be cautious and we have to be mindful of the fact that this is a concern. Now, when a saint of God perishes, we are not to lose faith and we are not to lose hope. The prophet Isaiah said this. He said that the righteous perish and none consider that the Lord was sparing them from an evil to come that the merciful man is taken out of the way. And, and none consider that the Lord was being merciful to this man by removing him from an evil to come. We cannot look upon the life of another individual and say that because they were taken out of the way, that that means that you will be taken out of the way. You can't do that. You can't compare yourself to another individual. You have to leave that between that individual and God. And you are not to be afraid. You are to be cautious. You are to be mindful. You are to be careful. You're to, to, you're to make sure that you're following guidelines. You're to make sure that you are doing what you need to do. That's called soundness of mind, not crippling anxiety. Soundness of mind, being cautious and being practical but not living in fear. If you do what you can do, God is going to do what he can do. And we trust all things to the hand of God. There is no virus that can take you out of the will of God. There is no pandemic that can take you outside the plan of God for your life. You do what God has called you to do. You practice the precautions and the measures that you're supposed to practice and the Lord will absolutely go with you and you can go in confidence knowing that if it's God's will for me to live, I'm going to live. And if it's God's will for me to go on to glory, I'm going to go on to glory. But nonetheless, I will serve the Lord and be confident that he is with me all the way. Amen. Amen. So I'll tell you this. I'm not going to necessarily just say that this is a judgment from God. But I am going to say I don't mind treating it as though it is a judgment from God. And in so doing, I don't mind being in a humble awe of God. Let's replace the spirit of fear with the fear of the Lord. I want to say that again. Let's replace the spirit of fear with the fear of the Lord. The spirit of fear is a nagging tormenting, crippling, and anxiety-inducing whisper in your mind telling you it's going to get you. You're going to be at fault. You're going to be in, in a vulnerable place, and somehow this is going to affect you. And then, and then, and then that's, that's something many people experience and many people face. That's not from God. That's not how God operates in our lives. The fear of God is different. The fear of God is a humble awe of the Lord. And we have seen in this recent, these recent days and weeks, we have seen that God is on the throne 
And we have seen that our world that we're so comfortable with can turn upside down in a moment's notice. It took years to build the kind of economy that we had enjoyed up to just two weeks ago. And in just a few days, the whole economy came crashing down. That's because man is not able to do things on his own. And in his arrogance, he thinks he has built this. But man doesn't build the blessings of the Lord in his life. It is the Lord who blesses. It is the Lord who gives. And so in this time of great uncertainty and great trial, one thing is for certain. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Wouldn't you love to be able to to turn on the news and hear somebody say, I've got the answer. I figured it out. And hey, in 24 hours, this whole thing is going to be taken care of. You can't find that in our world today because man is dealing with a new thing. Man is dealing with something he doesn't have control over. Man is dealing with something that is, that is beyond his capability or capacity. Not only do we see the pestilence of the coronavirus wreaking havoc throughout the world, but we see locusts wreaking havoc in Africa. And we see drought and fire wreaking havoc in Australia and even on the west coast of America uh, at times. And so we see this in our world today. The Bible literally predicts that there will be locusts, that there will be pestilence, and that there will be drought to come upon the face of the earth. And then the Lord gives this precious promise. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Not only are we to humble ourselves, but we're to humble ourselves and pray. And we're to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. If you've got a wicked way in you that needs to be repented of, you need to turn from that wicked way right now. And this is something for all the church to do right now, to turn our face to God, turn our hearts to God, turn our minds to God, lay ourselves down before his throne, be in his presence, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. Do not be afraid of this, but do fear the power and the might of God. This isn't a time to play with God. This isn't a time to to, to just act like there's nothing going on in the world, like this isn't something serious, that this is all government hype, this is all media hysteria. I do agree that the media is is perhaps stoking panic because it's 24-7. I understand that, but there is something to this. There is something to this, and it's not a time to be afraid of it. It's time to have a soundness of mind to say, Lord, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm going to be humble in your presence and I'm going to seek your face and I'm going to turn from your wicked ways. It's time for backsliders to come home. It's time for prodigals to return. It's time for people who have lived a life of sin to repent of that sin. It's time for the church to catch on fire. It's time for the saints to start praying. Hallelujah. I said it's time for us to start praying. That's how you act. That's how you act if there is a judgment from God. Now, again, I'm not just going to call this a judgment from God. I, I don't have that capability of knowing that this is an absolute judgment from God, but I can treat it like a judgment from God. And that's how I'm going to personally treat it. I'm going to personally treat it like this is a judgment that has come upon the world. We have preached for years that God will not always chide with man. We have preached for years that God, that God has all power. And so 
I'm going to treat it as though this is something that may very well have come directly out of the book of Revelation. Not only are we warned in the book of Revelation that pestilence is going to come, but we're warned in the book of Revelation that economic depression is going to come. Both of them have emerged at the same time. Thank God we have hope in the Lord. Thank God we have faith in Jesus Christ. Thank God our trust was never in the government of man. It was never in our ability to make money, produce income, but our trust is in the Lord, the God of glory. Hallelujah. And we place our faith in him. We place our heart and our hope in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to take a moment here, and I want to address those who are on the front lines. I want to address those who are involved in medical uh, uh, practice and professions. Again, medical doctors, nurse practitioners, registered nurses, uh, licensed nurses, uh, fire uh, department personnel and uh, paramedics and, and those who are right in the middle, respiratory therapists, uh, those involved in nursing homes where this is hitting hard. We have, these, we have all of these uh, people in our own assembly, and, and, uh, and I know there may be others tuning in. I want to address you, uh, I want to address you uh, firsthand. Number one, I want to invite you to a prayer conference call tonight at 8 o'clock that I'm going to be conducting. Please inbox message us at Facebook to let us know you would like to be a part of that prayer conference call. If you are a part of a medical uh, profession, we want to pray over you tonight before you go to work tomorrow and start this week. We don't know what this week holds, but we know that God is in control. But I want to speak directly to those who are involved in this. It reminds me of the plague in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, there was, a, there was an uprising against Moses by the man named Korah. This man decided that God had not spoken through Moses only, but that God would speak through him. And Korah and all of his family rose up against Moses. And Moses tried to deal with them, but they were, they were irrational. They were not able to be dealt with. And this man brought against Moses accusation. And he brought against Moses a vehement opposition. Moses begged him not to do it because he said, I'm, my, my authority doesn't come from me. My authority comes from the Lord who anointed me. Nonetheless, Korah raged against Moses. The Lord told Moses to bring them all out, separate them from the congregation. In fact, the Lord even told Moses to separate himself from the congregation and to separate himself from Korah because God said he was going to pour out his wrath upon this people. When, when they did, the Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and his whole family. This is 250 people that the earth opened up and swallowed. When Moses was explaining to Korah that the judgment of God was going to come, this is what he said. He said, if you die by some natural cause, then, then, then it was just a natural cause. But if you die by a new thing, a novel thing, some kind of a new strange thing, then we will know that it was the judgment of God. And then the earth opened up. It was a new kind of a judgment, and it swallowed them, and it shut upon them. And there went Korah and all his family. The Bible says that the people, instead of humbling themselves before God, all of the congregation raged against Moses. And when they raged against Moses, they said, you have killed the people of the Lord. And when they said this, 
Moses and Aaron hid themselves. They, they withdrew themselves. And the Lord said, remove yourself from this congregation because I'm going to pour out my wrath upon them. This is one of the reasons why I say it's all right to be quarantined, shelter in place. Because again, I'm not saying this is a judgment from God, but if this is a judgment from God, all the more reason for all of us to be aware of it and to be, at, be in a place where we can call upon God and not take it lightly. Moses and Aaron sat as the plague of God came upon the people. When Moses saw that the plague had begun, he put a fire in a censer, handed it to Aaron the priest, and said, Aaron, go out before the people as the plague has begun. This is important to understand because Aaron was the priest of the Lord. The priest of the Lord in the Old Testament was the one that diagnosed the diseases. When the diseases would run rampant through the nation of Israel, they would come to the priest of the Lord. And the priest of the Lord would take a look at leprosy, for instance. They were on the front lines. The priest was on the front lines. The priest had to look at the leprosy and the way that it was configured and where in the body it had emerged and what it looked like, whether it was open or whether it was scabbed. And, and he knew then what kind of quarantine or isolation or cleansing was needed for that kind of a plague, that kind of a leprosy. And so the priest of the Lord was used of God and anointed of God to make these prescriptions and to provide this diagnosis. And that's, that's what Aaron did. When Aaron ran out before the people, it's interesting that Moses didn't go with him. Aaron went by himself. I saw this week a, a, uh, I saw an advertisement from nurses who were saying, please stay at home and stop the spread. One of the challenges that we're facing right now in our nation is the potential of overwhelming the health system. And so they're asking people, even if you don't feel sick, even if you feel fine, stay home if you can. Don't get around other people. This is something we're not used to seeing. Stop comparing it to things you're used to seeing. It's different than things we're used to seeing. So stay home and stop the spread. That's not a lack of faith. That is a humble reverence of God saying, Lord, I don't know what this is, and until I do, I'm going to be humble and in awe of your mighty power and your great grace, and I'm going to pray and humble myself and seek my face and turn from my wicked ways so that you'll hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land, and send this virus out. Amen. And so... Aaron ran with the fire of God and the incense of God. He ran with a censer with the fire of God and the incense of God. And Moses stood back in the tabernacle of the Lord. That's where we need to be who are not on the front lines. We need to be in the tabernacle of the Lord. We need to be dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We need to be in a prayer closet. We need to be shut in with God in a secret place. Hallelujah. And gaining new power to run in this race. How I long to be shut in with God. That's where we need to be, like Moses, in the tabernacle of the Lord. Aaron doesn't have a choice. Aaron is the priest. He has to run out and, and be among the plague. The Bible says that Aaron ran with fire and with incense. And he stood between the plague and the people. He stood between the living and the dead. And the Bible says the plague was stayed. And I know I'm preaching today to people who don't have a choice. 
that tomorrow you have to go to work and some of you are respiratory therapists, some of you are nurses, some of you are doctors, some of you are emergency room technicians, some of you are going to be in ambulances responding to 911 calls, and you're not sure of exactly what this week holds. I want you to understand something. God has anointed you for what you're doing. Do not be afraid. The Lord covers you and watches over you. And I don't want you, the reason I brought up that there was a saint of God who passed away. I don't want you to look at their situation and compare it to yours. You leave that in the hands of God. And, and, and don't think that the blood of Jesus doesn't protect you because the blood of Jesus does protect you. Oh, I know the blood of Jesus was upon the saint of God in Oklahoma and saints of God in Spain right now I, that, I've, that I've received direct knowledge of. I understand that there are saints of God who may may also succumb to this. But, but do not compare that to your situation. That is something between the saints of God and the Lord himself. You understand that the blood of Jesus is upon you. Take every precaution you need to take. Be mindful of every directive that you're given. Go forward with a soundness of mind, a humble awe and reverence of God, but know that the Lord your God is with you. Aaron was the priest, but he was a symbol he was a symbol of a priest that was to come. He was not the fulfillment of the priesthood. His priesthood was only a type and a shadow and a symbolism of the Lord Jesus Christ who washes away every sin stain and who heals every sickness and every disease. So when Aaron stood there between the plague and the people, when Aaron stood there between the living and the dead, Aaron did not stand there as a priest in and of himself. He stood there covered by the purpose and the power of Almighty God. And when you walk into that hospital tomorrow morning and when you walk into that office tomorrow morning and when you go into that nursing home tomorrow and when you deal with those who are sick and every cough triggers fear and every sneeze and every, every respiratory droplet you come in contact with causes you to wonder if now you're going to be infected and you're concerned about you and you're concerned about your family and you're concerned about your home. That doesn't mean you lack faith. That means you're a human being who is struggling against fear. You're going to have victory over fear in the name of Jesus. You're going to be protected in the name of Jesus and we're going to be praying for you. I want to encourage you, take the fire from off the altar and run with incense into that camp you have no choice but to go into. Go in with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Go in with the praises of your God. Have praise on your lips all throughout your day. Let praise roll from your mouth. Lord, I love you and I thank you for you have all power in heaven and in earth. You are the mighty God there is none like unto you you are great and greatly to be praised I lift you high you are the most high God God you are greater than this virus God you are greater than the contagion level of this virus God you are greater you are greater than an overwhelmed healthcare system you are greater than a thriving US economy Lord you are great and greatly to be praised hallelujah hallelujah no that your authority comes from God. And that as you stand between the plague and the people, as you stand between the living and the dead, understand that you stand there as a symbol of the high priest. The high priest. We have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. 
You have a whole church body that's going to be behind you, praying for you, praying the blood of Jesus upon you, and you're going to be all right, and your family is going to be all right. And we're claiming right now the healing touch and the pro protection of God in your life. In Jesus' precious name, whatever you're facing today, whatever your need is, I want you just to lift up your voice with me right now and call upon the name of God. Wherever you are, listen, this is amazing what's happening right now. We never dreamed that we would be able to have church in our homes as we're doing right now. But I want you to know God can fill you with the Holy Ghost right in your own home. God can cover you. You can receive forgiveness from your sins. Let us baptize you in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid to say, I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. God has been merciful in this hour to let us know, yes, He's coming soon. But before He does, He's letting you know He's on the way, giving you an opportunity to turn your heart to Him, giving you an opportunity to turn your heart to Him. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice with me right now. Lord God, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you'll sweep through the homes. Lord, I pray that you'll sweep through the homes, Lord, removing fear, removing anxiety. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for every sinner right now, Lord, that you will let your sweet mercy come upon them and let them turn to you. Lord, every backslider, I pray, God, that you'll speak to their heart. Lord, take away any pride and let them know, God, there's no shame in turning their heart to you. That there's nobody, there's nobody who will look upon them with any kind of condemnation, only with great joy. The saints and the angels will rejoice over any and all who return to you, Lord. I pray, God, for our medical professionals, that you will give them peace in their minds, that you will comfort them right now as they go into these hospitals. As they come onto the front lines of dealing with people who are sick, I pray you'll cover them like you covered Aaron the high priest. I pray, Lord, that you'll cover them like you covered Aaron the high priest. In the name of Jesus, I pray you'll cover them like you covered Aaron the high priest. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. We magnify your name, O oh God. I pray in Jesus' name that salvation will sweep across our land. God, this virus, this virus did not shock you. This virus did not surprise you. This virus has no power over you. And it has no power over your people. It has no power over your church. I pray, Lord, that you will give us faith and confidence in the name of Jesus Christ to know that you have all power in heaven and in earth and to know that you love us with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. An everlasting love. An almighty power. We feel it, Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Why don't you just reach forth your hand right now? We can't, we can't physically grasp hands, but I just I wish I could just lay hands on you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let peace be spoken into the lives. Lord, let sweet peace move right now in the name of Jesus upon every individual that is listening to this message today. Every individual who sits under the sound of my voice, I pray, God, that you'll continue to bless them and watch over them, Lord, and move upon them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you, God. We receive it right now. We receive it right now. Just receive the blessing of the Lord upon you. Receive the healing touch of God upon you. Receive the removal of fear that only His perfect love can bring. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift up our hands and praise Him right now. Come on, let's lift up our hands and praise Him right now. In the precious name, the matchless name, the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. Go ahead and lift him up. Go ahead and lift him up. Go ahead and magnify his name in Jesus' name. One more time, we're going to have a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for your presence that has filled each home. I thank you for your presence that has filled this place, your church. Lord, your church, though separated physically, we are present with you and with one another. And I pray, oh God, that you would move upon us. Help us to turn to you. Help us to gather ourselves, Lord, in one mind and in one accord, seeking you, searching for you, trusting in you, praying for one another. Let love thrive and reign. Lord, as these next few days and weeks unfold, show yourself mighty, oh God. Show yourself to be the Savior of all mankind. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today to the Tree of Life Church live stream. I trust that the Lord has blessed you right where you are. God be with you, keep you, and watch over you in all your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.